Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Denae, and I'm here with two past guests, which I'm so excited to have you both back. I have Jocelyn Stone and Liana Kangas here. Yes. So this is a kind of episode that I don't think we've really ever done before, but also like everything is different and new right now. Um, So I'm excited. I, I have talked to you both about like, you know, your jobs and your careers and, and awesome things you're doing. And Jocelyn emailed me yesterday and said, can we just fangirl about Westworld? Which sounded like the best podcast episode ever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Liana and I tend to like call each other after episode watching anyway and talk about it. And then we were, um, you know, obviously I think everything that she has to say is great. And so we were talking about doing like a live stream or something to talk about the season three finale because it's so... uh, Cool. Can we swear on this podcast? I forget. Yes, you sure yeah, can. That's 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 my number one question. <laughs> Say <laughs> anything you want. Because it's so fucking cool. Uh, yeah. And so um, then we figured, like, why don't we just uh, do this on your podcast? Because I'm sure other people also want to fangirl about it. So. Yeah. And so, oh, good. No, I was just going to say, like, it definitely seems like an untapped fandom that hasn't really been, like, you know, widely... So, and I feel like Jaslyn and I have gotten into such deep, like, aggressive <laughs> discussions about it. <laughs> yeah, the Westworld, I mean, I'm sure there is, like, a, a hardcore fandom somewhere that I'm not a part of. I feel like it's sort of gone, not, like, I guess sort of through waves. Like, when it first came out, like, I actually saw, um, I got to see a sneak preview of the first episode at a theater here yeah and so it was like a big deal and all the um all the activations and stuff at comic cons and then i feel like season two kind of did a weird thing and now everyone's talking about this season again um but i guess for people listening this episode will be full of spoilers so if you aren't caught up to the end of season three um and you want to be you should save listening to this until you are. But I was also thinking because like you just said, Westworld's um, maybe there are some people who like haven't checked it out yet. So I wanted to give a little like why you should watch this show (laughs) before we dive into spoilers for anyone who's like, "Eh, yeah, I don't really care. It's, it's very, (laughs) very good. It's real good. Um, Do you want to go first on why you think people should watch the the Westworld? Yeah. So, um, for one thing, I definitely think that, uh, out of all of the licenses that HBO has ever gotten a hold of finding a movie from 19, I want to say it's like in the seventies, finding this movie from 1970, whatever, uh, 1973, I think. Um, and if you haven't watched the movie, it's fairly short. I think it's like 40 minutes. So, uh, to be able to create this entire uh, universe based off of this one movie is pretty incredible. And it's, it's an, it's kind of like an open slate uh, license to work with. So 
they definitely play on every type of genre. That's the best part of the series is that mm. they can truly do that um, in such an organic fashion, which I appreciate. And it kind of fills every type of, for people that like different types of genres and like cross genres and stuff like that, it's definitely like a good um, sci-fi-esque uh, series to get into, especially if you like technology and the future and things like that. And philosophy. Yes. And strong female leads and strong, robust female characters. Um, and diversity in your casting. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what I really like about Westworld is I feel like too often shows put all female characters into this, like, um, they're either the whore or the, uh, what, the Madonna, is that what it is? Where it's like, they're either like this untouchable mother who's never done any wrong, or they're like this whore and all they can do is wrong and they like seduce men from the path of righteousness, right? (laughs) And in this show, um, all of the, like, main badass characters are women and they all they have just like layers and layers upon them so like some of them are mothers some of them are bad mothers some of them are good mothers some of them don't have any you don't know if they want to be mothers or not which is very rare in a female character is that they don't talk about children you know um like with like black widow they're like uh she can't have kids and that's like a core of her story which is valid but in this story i appreciate that we have female characters where you don't talk about their family yeah there's not a lot of tropes that are catered to uh which is kind of interesting or if they are it's like ones that aren't used very often yeah um i love westerns so the season one just was like such a great take on westerns i felt um i love like yeah, I'm philosophy trash. So like, I love the idea of like, is there such thing as free will? Um, what makes a good person versus a bad person? If you had no quote unquote, like real world consequences, what would you do behind closed doors? Those types of like deep dives into like the human existence through the idea of these like robotic hosts they're called is so fascinating and like so delicious to me and so that's why I loved season one and then the fact that they let themselves reiterate and change it up and they don't kind of because I think that's the problem for a lot of um, you know sophomore seasons for popular shows is that they don't want to get too far away from what made them what made the season one work and Westworld has proven time and time again that they're like, yes, like we love a Western, but now we're going to go into Shogun world or now we're going to go into, you know, quote unquote future world or they keep switching it up, which I love a good pivot. So. And I like that each season, uh, like you said, the base philosophy of like um, freedom of choice and everything has been the underlying theme, whether Mm -hmm. or not it attaches to uh, the larger scope of what's happening. Yeah. I think this show is also, like you both have said, it's it's the kind of show that you want to watch an episode and then, like, unpack it with friends, which oh, yeah. is very <laughs> cool. Like, I mean, it, that's what's very cool about watching it, like, on time, but it's also kind of a great thing if you want a social show. Like, it's one of the shows that, when I could have friends over, I would, and then yeah. we'd watch it and then talk about it. Um, so I feel like... I feel like that's something that's really great if you have, you know, a, a, a viewing buddy. There is so much to talk about after every episode. 
and you like kind of have to like you need to like think about it oh for yeah. sure it's yeah I, I think that's a good term a lot to unpack because yeah. it's, it's like punch after punch and you're like wait what does that mean yeah there would be days in between us texting each other being like hey have you watched it yet and we're like oh no not yet because it like it almost takes like a whole week for you to like process the entire thing that's happened in the last episode before you just get like almost slapped in the face again being like all right okay oh shit there's all this other stuff happening at the same time you know what i mean yeah let's just like dive into the actual show now so if you if you haven't watched yet and you would like to remain spoiler free uh turn this off now and come back later but um yeah it's i actually i don't know i guess you guys haven't had this problem which is great I've been having such a hard time like focusing and like taking in like hard concepts right now like I've only been able to watch super fluffy stuff um I've been having a really hard time reading and like watching movies so I'm glad to hear that you guys are like able to watch this now and like still like I, I I actually haven't caught up on season three um, because every time I sat down to watch it, my brain was just like, nope, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I can't even oh no, we're gonna spoil figure so it out. Much for no, you. no, no, no. It's totally cool. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I watched, if we introduce it to you, it'll be like a lot more palatable. I watched, <laughs> yeah, I watched two episodes, like literally right before <laughs> I record. So I am, I finished episode five I, and I love it. I was just like, I definitely need to watch this again. Not episode in a crisis. Was actually, I think my favorite episode of the whole yeah, it's season. Really three. good. Yeah, that was the genre one, which got shit on a lot by people um, because they were like they didn't lean into the genres enough. But you know, I, I think, think the what was great about that episode is that it did show that not only did it lean in, not lean into the genre, but it made you think for a second that oh maybe this entire thing kind of like what one of um, the son's friends was saying like, maybe we're all living in a simulation or whatever. And so you start to speculate, Oh, okay. Is this entire thing a simulation? Because they keep, uh, you know, kind of going back to Aaron Paul's character and like kind of making you think that, but I just wanted to say one thing since we are spoiler free now that this season totally, uh, erased how awful game of Thrones last season was for me. What, what Watchmen did, right. This is also doing like whatever writers they're hiring, whoever's doing the concepts. Like I definitely was like, they finally found what works for their staff and like, it's very organic so I'm just like all the people um, that I've heard shitting all over this last episode. I'm like, number one, are they a white dude? Like, no <laughs> offense, but like, are they a dude? First of all, because obviously maybe they're not super into female leads. And number two, um, maybe uh, they don't quite. uh my other question is too mean to say on a podcast, so. <laughs> Was it like, do you just not get it? Because yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, pretty I much. Are you just not smart? Uh, yeah, well, for them to, well, one of the things, I think that the reason why Jasmine and I connect so much to this and, like, connect to each other about it is because 
there are two female leads that are what I think um, are on both opposite ends of the spectrum of being sort of like um, being super liberal and conservative, uh, you know, conservative. But like, you know, obviously Dolores is this like um, somewhat who, who they're spinning out to be this monger of like wanting to kill off the human race or so you think at the beginning versus Maeve, who's like, um, you know, wants to save her daughter and also like has her own motive. So like. I just found it very interesting that the people that I've heard that didn't like it, uh, you know, just. Uh, I mean, that, that is a question I've asked myself, like, <laughs> I'm a pretty smart person. And there are times where I've watched episodes where I'm like, I don't do I know anything? But that's kind of cool about the show, right? That like it, you you kind of don't know how much of it you're fully getting at any one time. And that's kind of great. Like it's not, it's not handed to you. Like if this is what you were thinking, it's it. I mean, there are things like yeah, that, but it's respect. also kind of like, yeah, you can. They the audience and like, they're like, okay, like we laid these. So um, one of the, if we can, talk spoilers is um the whole that so there's a sublime which is this essential like digital haven where hosts can go to be actually free they aren't um beholden to humans really like they can go there and it's essentially like host heaven and so they create that and then the key to get there is um we think it's everyone speculates it's in dolores's mind and so everyone's looking for dolores they're trying to get her so they can take over the sublime so that they can uh, you know motivations range like they can either get the host back um Maeve wants to be reunited with her daughter, who she sent to host heaven slash the sublime, and she wants to go there to be with her. Um, and she doesn't trust the key being with Dolores, whose motivations seem very uh, murderous. Like, she just wants revenge. She wants revenge on the humans. She wants revenge on hosts that want to stop her from getting revenge on humans. Like, she's just out to kill. Which, um, rightfully so, I think either of them deserve that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they have... <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. It's like um, all of the hosts have been treated horribly, horribly, horribly Mm -hmm. by humans. Some of them have been treated well by some of the humans who are realizing that these are actually sentient beings. Um, They're not pre-programmed like maybe they were at first, but they've gained sentience. And so we need to treat them with such respect. Um, And that's a whole other philosophy uh, debate. Um, but then we find out that the key was actually in Bernard's head the whole time. And so at the end, he's able to access the sublime and maybe, maybe not go into it. We don't know. Um, but that was set up the whole show. If you look back on it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I like that. I like that it wasn't, and you know, not to keep kicking a dead dragon, but if, you know, at the end of like season eight of game of Thrones, one of the things, one of the problems they had is that, Every time the they would set up a plot, and then if the audience guessed it, and by guessed it, I mean like they just picked up the clues and like were like, oh, I think this is going to happen. Then they would intentionally pivot just because they wanted to be groundbreaking. That's not yeah. groundbreaking. That's just pivoting for the sake of pivoting because you think because of ego, essentially, right? So that's one thing that I like about Westworld is that they respect their audience to pick up the clues or not, and they leave so many clues, right? Like the poster of season three is like Dolores down to her basics as a host um, 
in essentially like an apocalypse in what looks like could be Dubai, could be LA. We don't know. And that's kind of what happens at the end. Fired through the chest too. Which Fired through the chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, one of the things I was going to ask you, because I know that we've been holding off talking about it was, did you catch that Bernard has the same, um, insight clicker, uh, for hosts that, um, Seracted? Speaking I did of him having the key when you finally find out, you know. Yeah, so he does, but I don't know what. Okay, so Bernard is like the first um, humanoid host that we've that's been able to work. So his core memories, his core basic like orb, which is what the hosts have. That's like their soul, essentially. It's like what the personality um, is part human, part host, and so he's mm-hmm. the first host right that's like been able to be uh like a hybrid of humans and hosts um so he has a clicker that helps him go back and forth between arnold the human side and bernard the host side and um and so he like clicks it to like basically hulk out but i don't because like mave yeah, I have questions about that. Well, so, like, to start from the beginning, like, we know that Ciroc owns Insight, and Insight is the company trying to purchase Delos's data, which is all the host data from the parks, which includes the human interaction data. And the reason why Ciroc wants that is because he's running, um, I forget how you pronounce it. Um, Rehoboam, um, to protect the, no, I think, I think that's right. Um, to protect the world from what are called, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, outliers, outliers. Yeah. To protect the world from essentially, uh, having an apocalypse happen like this. And so what you find out is that Sirach running Insight, um, this complete tech company that he started with his brother, sort of like with funding from another um, millionaire or whatever, that Rehoboam does predict and project everything truthfully. And so he ends up realizing that his, that, um, what was projected that his brother was going to go insane and crazy. And so he put his brother away and like used Rehoboam as, um, a device to put away other outliers to protect, I guess, society from becoming, um, you know, chaotic and everything what it is. So it's interesting. Um, and the reason why I asked Jaslyn that is because, um, the clicker is important because, you know, uh, Rehoboam and Sirach's intentions with running the company. So like Bernard having this device could potentially be like a clue for the next season. Right. Mm. Oh man, um, see it's so good. <laughs> they, is is it still confirmed to be five seasons? Do you guys know? Oh, I have no idea. I just know that hopefully there's another season because of one, the end, and two, it says uh, season finale in that series. So yeah, the season four was confirmed, um, and at the end of the episode, like it's it appears to be many years in the future because Bernard like wakes up essentially. Um, and he's like covered in dust and it's like is that like california is very dusty and if you fall asleep for a couple weeks you just get extra dirty or is that like it's been years and like season four will be like post-apocalyptic you know it almost kind of looks like um like nuclear um after matthew because it had that like orangey like desert color and he they were where were they at when that happened in the hotel 
like California somewhere. Yeah. I think like outside of LA. Um, did you call um, William uh, having a host duplicated after him? Um, I wouldn't say I called it, but I think it's a very poetic end. So William um, goes through a, so a breakdown and is like, I know what I am. So he's gonna, he goes through like a, a therapy session, which I loved, which is like with all of his past selves. And basically they're all confronting him and being like, you think you're the hero, but you're actually the villain. And he ends up killing all of his past selves and realizing and coming to this idea that he is actually the hero, even though all evidence points to the fact that he is not the hero of the story. He is a horrible person. <laughs> he brings pain and destruction wherever he goes. <laughs> and, um, the version of him that was in the park, which is the men in black is actually who he is deep down. He's just been pretending to be a decent human when he's out in the real world and he's truly a horrible person. So at the, so I really liked that because he's like, uh, at the end of his therapy session, he's like, Oh no, I'm still the good guy. And it's like, I can see, I, I can think of a couple of billionaires right now who are like, Oh, I'm the good guy. When in yeah. reality, yeah. Evidence points to the fact that they are not. I loved that parallel so much. That was one of the best. That's one of the reasons why I was like, all right, uh, knowing who definitely didn't like this, probably found a few problematic things that was problematic to them. And that was definitely one of them. Like, what? William didn't actually save everybody? You yeah, know, like. And, but you can see why William is that he's like obsessed with this idea of being the cowboy that rides in and saves everyone. And I can think of a couple of you know, people in our society who are obsessed with that idea yeah. where they, and so he like literally goes out into the world and just starts killing people because he's trying to save them. Right. And mm -hmm. then, uh, in the end he is taken out by the host version of himself, which is just like, which is beautiful. And uh, I saw a lot of pushback about like, why did William just get his throat, his uh, throat cut? Like that's really disrespectful. But I kind of like that because like he actually wasn't as, grand as he made himself up to be and he was kind of just taken out like trash and he's replaced by a host version of him because he was kind of a so I, I thought that was poetic you know um, yeah I can see why people were upset about it but uh, I really liked it I, <laughs> I thought also, it was a poetic ending I like too that you finally see um, the copy of Dolores in the body of um, of Tessa Thompson's character with uh, uh, Charlotte or uh, Charlotte. Hell. Yeah. Um, where not only uh, one of the things I liked about her character in this season uh, is that she is the ideal for me, like it's a very tech related um, progression where, okay, she's a copy of Dolores. Dolores copies herself this season in multiple hosts that she creates after she gets off the boat from the last season. Um, and, you know, obviously she's trying to infiltrate and utilize, uh, you know, Hale's position in Delos to take over the company. So that way, you know, this is prior to Insight taking over the shares. And um, as much as you think Dolores is taking care of her copy, um, you know, her as a host ends up developing this entire new experience and personality. And she's not quite, con she's connected to her in a way because she is a version of that, of herself. Uh, but she ends up saying like something along the lines of like, I've taken a different path. 
Mm. Um, which, you know, thinking of, uh, of that in the technology sense, but also in the sense that like she had had such awful things ever since she was copied happened to her. And so it's, it's the extreme, like, um, nature versus nurture argument too, uh, of the personality and and, like how her actions and her choices uh-huh, are like <laughs> are decided right so um seeing her at the end being uh what's controlling uh the new proposed man in black or whatever like the actual like deepest darkest version of him i thought that was that was really cool yeah and like i love that they set up tessa thompson to be such a huge part of season four yes. especially because like so at the end of season three um Evan Rachel Wood's character, Dolores, dies. Uh, she sacrifices herself to kill Rabalholm. Rabalholm? Rab- Rab- I'm so sorry. That's a really hard thing yeah. to say. Um, <laughs> like just, we should just say Solomon at this point. Like, I don't even know Because it's like version two. Anyway, so Solomon version two, or the orb, the all-knowing orb. Um, <laughs> she sacrifices herself to take that down in an attempt to give the world actual freedom. So, like... Uh, the, um, man sorry it's like so real quick like (laughs) this company um Ciroc's company decided that like freedom is chaos freedom of choice is chaos and if humans are left to choose they will always choose chaos and so we have to curb that by predicting um what they're going to do so that we can like save the world from human extinction and then they took that a step further and said well if we can predict what they'll do then we can um kind of guide them to make the right choice the right choice being their definition of the right choice which always lines their pockets with money always puts them in powers of position in positions of power their friends in positions of power so basically they start using the algorithm to put humans into loops uh the hosts live in their own loops so i really liked the idea that once dolores got out into the real world quote unquote she noticed that it was basically the park all over again but just in a larger scale and that the humans were in their own loops mm-hmm. um, and so I think it makes sense for her to want to go out there to destroy and kill her like the benevolent powers that put her through so much hell and then once she gets out there realizing like oh they are also trapped um, and so wanting to free them and so the way that she chooses to free them is to get rid of the all-seeing orb Solomon <laughs> Part two, uh, version two, and you know, allow the chaos to take over, so that only then can the humans break through their loops and make their own choices and make a better world. Uh, for you know, based on freedom of will, which is heavy. I like too how they used. Um, so one of the things that. Uh, they that Dolores utilized was that Rico app and the Rico app was one of the apps that was actually created to also uh, manipulate every human's choice in the real world um, for those that were the outliers right so like everybody had this sense of path of like their career and like you can and eventually like everyone ends up knowing like 
how long they live and, you know, how they die and everything. Um, when Dolores releases the information, everyone creating chaos. However, you find out in the last episode that uh, Rico was an app created for to essentially manipulate the outliers that were released back into society that were already um, uh, reconstructed behaviorally to exist in society for lower, um, almost kind of like low societal jobs, like construction and things like that. Like, um, like they were trying to, uh, get across, but like essentially blue collar. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the idea being that like they're expendable, but we still need them because you can't, uh, everything. So let's just like take away their memories so that they are a shell of the person that they used to be and thus more, um, moldable to what we need them to be. And if any of them get out of order, out of line, then we'll use the other outliers to take them out and then pay them pennies. So it's it's like the rat race, right? That we're all yeah. stuck in. <laughs> it's cr- I mean, even just that small part of the entire season was such a... So good. Yeah. Structurally made the entire series very concrete to me, uh, especially when you like find out why Aaron Paul's character exists and why you're following him the whole time as opposed to, you know, like, um, but the, uh, the utilization of the Rico app, even after she releases the information to everybody, like everything's in chaos and stuff like that. She's like, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Paul's character is going to be, Caleb is going to be like this leader in the new world or whatever, once everything shut down and stuff like that. But she's still using the Rico app to control and also protect Caleb. So I just yeah. thought it was interesting because like you just can't escape that like host world, right? Like you can't escape the control of, of that. Yeah. So. Um, what did you really like about the finale? Um, like what moments where you're like, fuck yeah, this is Westworld. <laughs> like, the, that's how actually, it's done. I am. Um, one of the things when you find out two things. So mostly at the very end, when you find out Serac has actually been uh, manipulated himself by um, Solomon version two. <laughs> And then you question, so that's when you're like, oh, damn, Westworld dropped it again. Because you're like, okay, is he actually being controlled by him the entire time? Meaning, like, you don't even, like, that's when I start speculating, okay, is he also a host? Okay, but you know what I mean? Like, is he just being controlled by him, period? Yeah. Because they still owned, you know, the obviously how uh, Dolores was able to create the other five hosts, like that that technology still existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, beautiful, gorgeous um, parallels between how um, at the beginning when Dolores and Maeve were fighting, it was like epic fucking physical, all like punch out crazy. Maeve is like, just let me in. I will give you the benefit of the doubt if you just let me in. And Dolores like just will not let up because one, you think she's stubborn, but two, you don't know what she's hiding. So it could be, yes, I want to kill all the humans. Yes, I want to do that. You know, whatever. It could be the worst of the worst. But then at the end, when you see Dolores finally let Maeve in and Dolores is like, I held it from you because I, 
you know, I gave it to somebody I trust. I don't have it. Yeah. And I couldn't <laughs> let you know that because that, then everything would have fucked up, you know, like you yeah. wouldn't have believed like me. the ultimate poker face. Yeah. But then also, you know, like it, it's, it's Maeve's character development. Not so much what Dolores says, because what she says is beautiful is like, obviously they all have this freedom of choice and like, they don't always choose the bad thing. Right. So you're like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Humanity is redeemed, but it's how Maeve is like, you know, like women trust women. I was like, yup, fucking all right. And they're like, best friends. (laughs) She's like, all right, Caleb, I'll I'll protect you. It's fine. Like she's like carrying out Dolores' last wishes, even though like Dolores is like, I don't know. But Dolores gave her the choice. Right. Huh? That's what's so good. Dolores gave her the choice. That's what's so great about all of this yes. is like, <laughs> it's this idea between like, there's this, these two schools of thought, right? Um, if you will allow me to be philosophy trash for like two seconds, there's these two yes, schools please. of thought, um, among many, right? And there's like determin determinalism, determinism, which is like everything is predetermined, that everything is cause and effect. We don't have freedom of choice. You know, I am choosing to say these words right now because of things that were set up way before me. I am just a cog in the machine, um, acting out my part. And then there's like liberal libertarian free will, which is not the political libertarian, it's like the philosophy of libertarian free will, which is like uh sentient beings have free choice. Now there are certain things like if I um, take a drink of my coffee. It's because I chose to get coffee. So like certain things are predetermined, right? Like if I hit a baseball, it'll fly not very far, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like there's the physical, like cause and effects, but then like sentient beings, like we have free choice. So like I have the choice to hit the ball. Right. So mm-hmm. that's being kind of acted out in this whole, like I kind of see like Ciroc as being like, um, you can't escape fate essentially like we humans are cogs in the machine everything is predetermined by my algorithm and it, it's like it like allows me to see what's going to happen he believes that so much that he gives up his freedom of will and literally has like a mic embedded into his ear we find out that so like he says what uh all-seeing orb tells him to say because the all-seeing orb has decided that he's going to say this villain speech and he's like oh yeah so he's given up his free will completely on the belief that if he does everything that the orb tells him to do he will one like play his part in fate and also like save humanity from killing themselves because he doesn't trust humans not to kill themselves which is pretty dark that uh, a human trust so little in their own species that they've given up their own free will in an attempt to enslave their entire species. Well, the two things too, like come into that is that he is constantly reinforced by, by creating Rehoboam with his brother and being reinforced uh, constantly to believe that not only should he trust in Rehoboam because it's always predicted the future. Right. But Mm -hmm. he's also lost his faith in humanity, obviously, because um, what uh, France was nuked in this version, right. Yeah. When he was a kid growing Um, up in France, it was nuked. Yeah. And uh, his lack of faith in humanity because of how Rehoboam uh, showed him what was going to happen to his brother. So he like, you know, he takes the opposite swing completely and goes completely uh, with trust of something that has shown him time and time again that like this is how things will turn out right. Right. So he almost like kind of like you said, 
gives away his freedom of choice or like, um, like relies on a machine to do the thinking and constructive, like, uh, analyzation of situations for him. Yeah. But that machine as great at predicting the future as it may be was built by humans. And so it has the same flaws as humans. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so that's what I like about this show is like it's so so there's that idea where it's like nothing like you know we have no freedom of will to the point that he gives up whatever freedom of will he might have and then there's um Dolores who's like even if it's chaos like humans hosts sentient beings have the right to make their own choices and if you give them all of the facts I she has faith that they will do the right thing Which is beautiful because she's lived through so much trauma at the hands of her oppressors, which are humans. And yet she still is like, but I still believe in the good in the world. I still choose to see the beauty. And that resonates with me on a very fundamental level um, for for a myriad of reasons. But like I, I think that humans have the capacity for complete, utter cruelty, obviously. But I also think that they have the capacity or we have the capacity for beauty and um, kindness, uh, especially like right now during this pandemic that really hit home for me because like I'm while I'm saddened by what some people are choosing to do. I'm also trying to focus on what the the kindness that's happening that's that we're experiencing from some people. Right. So uh Sorry, not to get so dark. <laughs> I mean, it's very appropriate. Yeah, like, totally. this season couldn't have been timed good, you know, better. better. Uh, especially oh. with your, you know, with you pointing out the philosophy of like free will. I mean, like, that's all that we have right now, but some people choose to be respectful of other humans. Yeah, and then some people decide to hide behind, like, well, I have no freedom of choice, so if I do something bad, it's because somebody else told me to do something bad right which is a cop out I think but so I really respect Dolores's like ability to grow through complete trauma and pain and um, still fight for people's right to have their own choices and to break out of their loops that felt very true to her character and her progression mm-hmm. um, I think it's different than say um who was the Stark sister who was like, I'm soups glad that all this terrible stuff happened to me because yeah. yeah, Hashtag girl boss. And it was like, nah, it doesn't feel true to the character. And also that doesn't feel like something anybody who had lived through that trauma would say. Yeah. Um, So uh, (laughs) shout out to having female writers in the room. runners Cause I think it's just going to, you know, a, a reader. <laughs> sensitivity return. Sensitivity return. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. yeah sorry. <laughs> to keep kicking a dead dragon. Uh, we can let go of that. <laughs> Speaking of, did you see that uh, that throwback in that episode? Oh my god. Oh yeah. They, they uh, had like the HBO writers on for I don't know some reason. Well, I was really excited about the dragon. I didn't realize it was them until like today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real excited about dragons. Sorry. I have a question for you guys. Did you have you both felt like 
equally passionate about the show since episode one? Have you like, is it growing on you? Have you like, how have you felt about the show as you've been watching it? For season three? For the, like since the beginning, since, since episode one. Oh. Uh... Cause I feel not like, I feel like the show keeps building on itself in a really impressive way. Like I, I loved it in season one and I was sort of like, how are you going to keep going? Which I know is what you guys were saying before. Yeah. Um, I feel very, like I'm very impressed at how they've done that. Um, I was wondering if you guys are like more into it now than you were when it first came out or if you've always kind of like been super excited about the potential of the show. I think I am more into it now. I will say, um, maybe to uh, Liana's chagrin, that I didn't like the season finale as much as I thought I would. I feel like they dropped a couple of balls, um, and it felt more... It just didn't feel like a season finale. It felt like a It felt like a great episode, but not a great season finale, um, is how I'll put it. It was a short season, too. It was a very episodes. short season, and I don't want to be greedy, but I'll be greedy and say we needed, like, two more episodes to feel like <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, flesh yeah. it out. Because um, I even just like did some recaps before this podcast and like season three, episode one, two, three, all of them were just like, yes, yes, yes. Punch, 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 building up to the point that I was like, how are they going to tie up all these ends? And maybe like they they knew we're going to have season four. We're going to tie it all up then. Like, you know, maybe like I should just like wait and watch it all out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that my I think that I adore this show enough and respect it enough and feel like it respects me enough that I'm excited about season four. I trust that it will be just as good, if not better. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I, I I like that they tried to wrap up with a little bow, like every <laughs> loose end. Um, especially with Bernard and the whole Arnold thing and going back to see his ex-wife and everything was so really, sweet. yeah, it was touching. Um, I do think that the way it fit with the puzzle pieces, the way they executed it, but my excitement, um, with the last episode was more so the after cut scenes um, for me to get excited about the next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, especially Bernard waking up after who knows how long from being, uh, yeah, put under uh, for um, what's that place called? Sorry. Sublime. The Sublime, yeah. So, One uh, of the best bands ever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I can't right now. I don't think season one grabbed me in a way that I did not expect. Uh, yeah. Also, love westerns as much as Jaslyn. Um, I grew up on westerns. My dad's a huge, uh, huge, huge, huge fan. Um, and to see what we've always wanted out of the park, right? Like, especially I know on this podcast, a lot of people are like Disney attendees and stuff like that. Yeah. I grew up in Florida. I am, I love theme parks, but this is like an idea of like the dream theme park that totally we're not so yeah. far off out of reach. You know what I yeah. mean? Like technology wise, 
we're not, we're not quite there, but it's attainable in our lifetime. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just interesting to see like this gorgeous, uh, futuristic place where you could experience other lifetimes of yourself. Right. But then also that opens up the whole possibility of you changing into a totally different person. But that's and that's like, one of the things are you I like or are you just like letting that version of you out? That's the, yeah, that's the real question. That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. So I've been a big fan. I wasn't actually, I wasn't huge on season two. Um, and it, one of the things is it, part of it felt like a cop out, but I definitely feel like I would have to go back and rewatch it. But, yeah. um, I definitely kept with it, you know, because usually if a season one is good, I'm like, I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to watch it. We'll see how it goes. And there was a couple points where I was like, Oh shit. Like, all right, to where you get to the end, and obviously I have to watch season three because you got to know what fi- how how does it play out, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really glad this show. I kind of felt the same way in season two, and so I'm glad season three. Like this is this conversation has definitely made me way more excited. I actually might just go back to episode one like after this and just like start from the beginning mm. and watch through during quarantine. Cause like it is kind of cool to see seasons that are so far apart in time, like back to back. Yeah. I, it's going to be yeah. the most romantic season, right. In terms of like the relationship that you have with the show, like how you're seeing these characters for the first time and like how, you know, even though you know the future of it, like, you get to reconnect with them in that way. So, and it came out kind of a long time ago. Like I'm positive. I forget things like five that, years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Someone just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole, whole different world than when season one came out. Um, do you all have any last, last thoughts about the finale? Um, oh my God. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like a hard question. One thing I'd like to point out is that um, I think this is some of the best uh, visual effects I've ever seen. And especially for the last few episodes, the uh, VFX team was doing that in quarantine. Uh, They were still working on the show and having to do all of this with like their home setups, which I think is really like something to applaud. So snaps for the Westworld VFX team. Um, And then like the stylist, this this season was incredible and I really like need to become her best friend and have her style me. Um, there's this, uh, which if you do cosplay, you're pretty familiar. It's like one of those dresses where it's like, it looks one way and then you like pull it or spin and it becomes a completely different dress. And they do one of those for, I think it was like the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Dolores like walks in in like a pretty black dress and then she like yanks on something and it like falls down and becomes this like gold dress and she like sashays into this fancy party and uh, I just really loved how they let the whole team really kind of flex this season Um, the director of photography used a lot of like drones uh, which really makes sense in terms of like the technology but like I just I really appreciate how they gave everybody a chance to kind of like uh, show what they have um, yeah, so shout out to Super the production cool. team. Yeah. I totally um, agree with you on all that. Would you, I, would you both be up for like 
connecting with other Westworld fans and continuing to fangirl uh, via the internet after this. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like I can I, I can feel like people listening being like I want to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So uh, it seems Wait, like we... you both have a lot of energy for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I want to hear what Liana's uh, favorite parts were, and also can we just, can we just do like a bad one and say like what we didn't like about the season finale? Totally. Yeah. Okay, okay so uh, whoever the vehicle designers and um, creators were, and I watched some of the after um, clips or whatever of how they, you know, were able to put the stock on top of uh, the motorcycle, but have it still work and everything like mm-hmm. that, um, literally blows my mind. Like as a mechanic for you to be able to make that work and still look futuristic and also probably have a human being on it kudos because that's one extremely unsafe i'm sure in many ways and two uh the way that i like i felt like i saw a lot of uh homages to blade runner and so i really enjoyed that um because you're really focusing on the current landscape of things by utilizing like the clear cars and things like that. Um, so it's more so your surroundings and less, you know, the technology within because you know, it already exists. So I Mm. really liked that. Yeah. Okay. What didn't you like? Um, I can go it's first not that I didn't like it, but I wish there was more um, more camera time to. Um, oh, who's that linebacker? He was hilarious. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Oh my god, why oh my didn't god. they utilize that character more? So good, especially the redemption at the end of the season. But also, I was like, oh man, it's definitely taking like. I felt terrible because I definitely saw the uh, parallels between um, black people having to save white people's lives, which yeah, I was like, I was pretty, nice. that was one of the things I didn't like. So, okay. So uh, Marshawn Lynch, for those who don't know, is a Seahawks or he was a Seahawks quarterback. Um, and so at the end, there's this big riot and he like catches a tear, like things are going wrong. And then he comes in and he like saves the day and he like catches a a tear gas canister and like chucks it back at the police, which was like, great, great. More of that. Um, but then he also gets shot by the police, which I didn't appreciate. Like we, that is a reality that we live in. We do not need to see more black people being killed by cops. Uh, so that was one of the things where I was like, come on, man. Like, and I, I get that maybe like Marshawn Lynch didn't want to, or they couldn't have him in the next season or they wanted to like fully end that character. But I think there are better ways to end it. Uh, Agreed. At least he was heroic in doing so. Um, cause if they did it in a, I don't know, a more brutal way, I would have been probably a negative way. Yeah. yeah really upset. I mean, it was still shitty regardless, but like, yeah, I wasn't we don't need- super stoked about that. Yeah, so that was something where I wish, I wish, uh, I wish Marshawn Lynch did not have to die on screen. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but I loved that character. I loved Elena Waite's character and their um, their uh, like co working relationship almost like was great. Yes. Uh, and then um, I wish Maeve was. 
Like she was such a big part of the season, but I have a problem with the idea of Ciroc being able to keep her under his thumb. I think, uh, and maybe this is just my headcanon, that she would have kind of broke against or kind of uh, fought back against him earlier on. That felt a little bit plot holy, where they were like, uh, you know, he won't let her go back to her daughter unless she does what he says. Uh, Maeve for, is like, has showed time and time again that she's, um, uh, she, while men think that they like have power over her, they actually don't. And she's just letting them think that. And she's actually the one who has the power. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like that fully played out this season. So I was a weak. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think they could have done better by Maeve, but I also recognize that Maeve is Maeve to me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I, I totally agree with you in that um, they kind of fucked up this last, you know, the season finale with showing that obviously she would have been fed up with Ciroc shit at the beginning of, of the episode. And they finally just showed at the end and you're like, all right, well, that doesn't really make much sense. And I felt like the world war two world was a little clunky in that I definitely um, think her control over men is shown very well in that, but then they have her there. There's just that weird scene where she tries to rescue um, Hector and Mm -hmm. they, it, it just felt a little uncharacteristic of her just because it seems like her character was like bouncing all over the place. You know what I mean? Like when she has such a, like her acting style is such a strong demeanor and you know, the character's strong already. So some of the things felt a little disjointed with uh, the story. Weakening her. Yeah. With like, not only the, the control that Serac had with the control button, but then also like how she played out. I, I thought that it was very creative in how she played out, how to exit from the simulation of the world war two. But yeah. like the thing she had to do to do that was a little like disjointed with like, you know, obviously uh, what's his face, you know, quote unquote being in love with her. Like he's a host, right? So mm-hmm. or now a new host to where, she knew it wasn't real and then she utilized that and the manipulation seemed a little off kilter and it was just a little weird, but, um, I see the intention of that full part of the arc and it worked very well at the beginning, just kind of in the middle area was a little murky. I think maybe that's my problem with the season overall is that like, it was really strong, really good middle. And then it just kind of petered out. Like it kind of felt like maybe the showrunners had another project that was starting up. And so they had to like tie it off real quick. Right. Like they were like, ah, shit. Yeah. Like the group project was due and they were like, I don't know. And then like, you know, Maeve is, there's a button that controls Maeve. Cause like what else could control her yeah. <laughs> besides like a literal, like stopping button. Cause she's, you know, super smart and super strong and super uh, clever and funny and God, Maeve is Maeve. Maeve is Maeve. The the white dress that they put her in, though, like talk about the stylist thing. When I when she entered in with that white dress, I was like, oh my Jaw-dropping. god, yeah. Also, she's an her, angel. She's an angel. Yeah, her uh, like bodysuit that was like Kevlar bodysuit thing was like so good. Yeah. Oh my god. Just like, like, I feel like that entire season is so cosplayable. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course, that happens right as we, like, can't 
have that right now. Just maybe we'll get some time. sweet at home. Yeah, maybe we'll get some sweet at home from home cosplay. Yes. From the community. Hell yeah. Um, oh, I'm wait, sure last question. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, what do you think happened to the Outlier Pops when they hit the EMP? Like the people who were frozen? The Outliers oh, who were like, Oh my god. Do you think that they're all dead? With a machine like that, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of fail safe to where it would lock them in there. So, like, EMP goes off, everything turns off. The other thing is, too, why didn't Bernard and, um, uh, what's his face also? Because they were close Stubbs. enough, right? Yeah, why, would, why didn't Bernard and They were Stubbs at two different locations. Them? They didn't describe it very well, but they were at two different locations. Okay. I, yeah, I figured that sure. they would be close enough, but yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, because they were in Mexico. Um... But yeah, the um, I feel like either they're dead or they are being pre-set up for season four to be like the destructors and the servers uh, of the apocalypse. Uh, crazy. Uh, so many questions. I wish they'd <laughs> focus more on that, like uh, how those uh, machines worked, because you only get like a slight glimpse of what it looks like from overhead. Oh, I kind of assumed they were like sous vides, but like frozen. <laughs> so they just like put them in a nice little Ziploc and then put them in some frozen water so like their cells wouldn't burst, but they would be frozen in time to a point that I guess we could unfreeze them and fix them, which is, you know, obviously. Uh, like meat freezers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Human oh sous vides. But uh, yeah. Wow. Anyway, Jordan, does that answer? <laughs> Do you have more questions? Less questions? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm very excited to finish it. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think this is what I needed. Like, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but sometimes, like, I am so much more, I'm so much more easily overwhelmed right now than, like, most other times of my life. So sometimes, like, just trying to understand things that I normally could is like so much harder. So I feel like now that I sort of like kind of know what's happening, I won't be like confused. Like, I think this will be the best way for me to actually be able to watch season three right now. So this is great. And I really want to, like, I want to see all these things. Um, The confusion is part of the fun though, I think. Right. Yeah. Normally it is for me right now. I just, I'm giving up. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, listen, I am at like 20% capacity. I'm not going to give 10% of that to figuring out uh, if sentience. This show, right? What, yeah, I what was is thinking, sentience? yeah, I was thinking about that even like when you emailed me yesterday about this, I was like, I actually don't even know if I can do this right now. And I was like, you know what? No, yes, I can. I just, I'm going to do the version of it I can do, which is listen, uh, which is great. And I'll probably rewatch this, you know, whenever, whenever my brain, you know, gets back to normal in 600 years and be like, okay, now I can sit down with the show and like totally get it. If it makes you feel better, I like I can handle about maybe two shows at once, three shows. Like the only other thing I'm watching right now is like Veep and Rewatching for the fourth time what we do in the shadows. So oh like, my god, me I can't too. even remember what I ate yesterday. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> like, or I think we're all at this level, or totally. it's, you know, different. But it's nice. I, I I would like to watch this because 
not that all the not that the fluff shows I've been watching are bad because they're not like what we do in the shadows is amazing but I was like I think I should try to like activate parts of my brain that have been hanging out uh you know this whole time so I think this would be a really good a really good thing for me to do (laughs) so I'm very motivated now which is wonderful yeah Um, and then get ready for season four where we'll be like I don't know apocalypse world (laughs) yeah I can't even like I, I it's so crazy to not even like know what the world will look like when that comes out or like when it will be able to oh well meta yeah yeah but I'm excited we can definitely do this again with season four if uh, I would love to oh my gosh if you know our actual world still has podcasts and that kind of thing <laughs> I'm so <laughs> <hard. to> rock. <laughs> <Where are we? laughs> um, to end this on uh, a better note um for people who are listening who will just want to like fangirl more with you both about this show um is twitter like the best place to connect with you both or oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can, you, can you say your, your tweeters? Um, I'm Jaslyn Stone, and you can find me at Jaslyn Stone, uh, J-A-Z-Z-L-Y-N-S-T-O-N-E, um, on Instagram or Twitter. I am totally down to talk about Westworld and um, sentience, and if you think that we have freedom of choice or not... <laughs> Uh, and I'm Liana Kangas. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Liana Kangas, L-I-A-N-A-K-A-N-G-A-S. And uh, my responses will be less eloquent, but I definitely am very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> and I will say, follow them for like the Westworld content, but then also you'll just be so pleasantly surprised and motivated and inspired all the time by Aww. everything these two are doing. Oh my gosh. You're two of my favorite people to follow everywhere. Oh, you follow some good people. That's a, that's a tall compliment. I sure mean it. Uh, Thanks so much for like giving my brain something to think about today. I hope everyone feels as like kind of woken up uh, as I do now. This is great. Um, And yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting us just kind of, um, do what we do on phone calls but on like the public forum (laughs) for better or for worse (laughs) we're gonna find more ways to do this because I think I need it so that's great Great. Um, yeah and thank you all so much for listening and I hope if you I guess if you made it this far hopefully you have seen Westworld before but I hope that you uh, I hope that you enjoy this season and want to talk about it more and uh, yeah have a great week guys and uh, stay nerdy Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can head to our archives to hear more or hit subscribe to hear what's coming up next. If you want to go a step above and beyond, you can leave us a review on iTunes, which helps other nerdy people find us. Or you can go to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek to help keep the podcast going and check out the cool rewards that we have over there. Have a great week and stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.